Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Buddy, to another amazing hour of the Genius Hour, and uh, hello and thank you trainers who basically held down the fort for me this week. My God, you guys are just amazing. Uh, Randy, I think you're here. Patricia, I think you're here. Uh, I see Megan on stage. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome. Are you with us, Randy? Oh, I I didn't know whether that meant you wanted me to talk, but yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> here you go. No, just, just, just a little shout out. You, you know, again, it's not that hard to get me to talk. So never, 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 never. So today is going to be fun. Um, uh, we're going to touch a little bit about rites of passage. Um, this is something that was removed from a lot of our society, but rites of patches passage is a critical point in development. Um, and for those of you who've been following me on Instagram, uh, know uh, that my uh, my children's father committed suicide this last week. And so it's really given me some time to reflect 
um, as we've went through those services, you know, how important some of this development is um, so that we have the tools we need as we move through the different phases in our life. So for all the really just hundreds and hundreds of shout outs and thanks, thank yous and prayers, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it more than anything else. My kids appreciate it. Um, the love was absolutely amazing. And I, I can't even tell you, you know, people here on Clubhouse who actually uh, ended up making it to the memorial service and the funeral. So it just was was very, very, um, very, very heartfelt, right, for people that I've met for the first time in my life, in real life, actually at the services. So first and foremost, thank you very much. I mean, it shows you how strong this community is um, because you definitely were my support system as I moved through, oh, I will say definitely one of the most difficult times in my life. Um, and Randy and Patricia and Tara and all you guys just really just put on such a great show last week. I know Mariana was in there and, and Alicia and just, I just really, really, I was listening to the playback and just totally tears in my eyes. So I just wanted to say thank you and then just give you guys a moment right now um, just to kind of talk about, you know, the, the glue and the teamwork that really took place um, where I just had to literally step out. I mean, the, I think the worst feeling in the world is when you get that call and you realize that your life has just changed on a dime. I loved the way people really did step up, Amelia. Uh, I shared this with you. It was instantaneous. Yeah, Corey from and Trisha. I mean, so team. many. Yeah, Corey's yeah. my girl. It was, it was, I mean, but it was like, it was instant glue. <laughs> I mean, it was the way everyone immediately, I, if you recall, I had to text you and say, stop. Stop. You stop mean the control freak in me? The control freak in me who would not unplug? Yes, yes, 100%. But, yeah. you know, I said, you have to stop because we have got this. We know what we're doing. We have we have an excellent team that supports, you know, the Team Amelia team has got this together. Not to mention the fact, look at who our audience is. Now, we did share, you know, that was your story to tell. So we just said you were unavailable last week. That was your story to tell, certainly. <laughs> that was um, true. I was absolutely 100% unavailable. Yes, I, I absolutely derailed. But what, what, it, what, what it did do was it gave me an opportunity to tap into some of the behavioral tools um, that are so necessary for us to effectively communicate as we learn and we grow. And that's what I, I really liked about the headline for this hour, you know, is are you communicating as an adult and a child? And what we mean by that is that you know we we kind of tap out on our communication uh, skill sets uh, in our early twenties, and for many people, we keep that same communication level through the rest of our life, and yet we have such difficulty because we need to grow to the next level, the next rite of passage, in order to be able to communicate with respect on an adult to an adult relationship, which means you are responsible for your happiness. You are responsible for how you think and feel. You are responsible for your outcome. And I cannot cross over onto your side and vice versa. I'm responsible for my own happiness. I'm responsible for the things on my side. And when you learn to start having those adult relationships, the language definitely changes. And so one of the exercises that I was having to do in my own um, immediate circle through this very trying time was to start defining emotions, right? There, what is the difference between being upset or being anxious or being lonely or being overwhelmed or being insecure or feeling sad or feeling drained? Um, and, you know, really started sharing with, with this, um, you know, not only on social, but also in my circle as I went through this, because again, it's trying if you've ever been through, you know, the whole setting up of all the details and all that stuff when somebody passes, it's just a myriad of details and being able to communicate on how you feel. And so, you know, when somebody feels upset, what they're really saying is I'm feeling misunderstood or I'm feeling disrespected versus I'm feeling anxious is really saying I have just too many thoughts running in my head right now and I can't anticipate, you know, what is going to happen and often thinking about the worst case scenario. And that's really like the, the, the sound bite for feeling anxious, you know, hopeless is I'm stuck. You know, I really feel stuck. I just, I can't see through, through the other side, you know, feeling lonely is I just don't feel supported. I don't feel valued. I don't feel 
you know, really connected and belonging to the people in my life. And that is a big, big feeling and emotion that has hit so many people over the last couple of years without them really understanding the definition of lonely, right? Lonely is not feeling like you belong, feeling like you're valued and supported. And that is a doozy of a, of a, of an emotion, you know, feeling overwhelmed is something I had to really kind of sit and talk to my kids about this week to say, you know, when they were feeling, you know, saying that they feel anxious or feeling that they were saying they were upset, what they really were feeling was overwhelmed. I feel like there's just too much happening at one time. And to be able to really dial in that that feeling is overwhelmed. That's what it is. Um, you know, insecure, you know, I'm not good enough. Sad is I just, I don't think, you know, I can't tap into the spark, the joy, the aligning of my values. I just can't find my way. And drained is just, I don't have the energy to do anything. So like that was, you know, one of the words my daughter used this morning after a whole week of this is she's like, I just feel so drained. And I'm like, which is totally normal that you feel drained, which is just absolutely zapped of all energy. And you, there's people in our lives um, that we bump into that are basically energy suckers, right? The minute they get anywhere near us, they literally drain the energy out of us. And I think understanding the different parts of these emotion, upset, anxious, helpless, lonely, overwhelmed, insecure, sad, and drained, getting a handle on that to be able to communicate effectively to the people around us is imperative. And then what's also critical is how do you respond to that emotion when somebody says that's how they feel? So um, again, if you've ever suffered loss, uh, you know, a common phraseology is, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, and instead of saying, I'm so sorry, you know, that adult to adult language is, what do you need from me right now? Instead of saying, hey, um, you know, hey, there's so much to be grateful for, you know, think about the positive is to, to you change your language to say, I can't imagine what you're going through right now, but I'm here if you want to talk or if you need anything. And so, we've been spending time this week switching the word and phraseology from something that is a little bit more immature to a mature, mature, respected adult language. You know, uh, one of the things, you know, if you need to cry, it's okay. Versus listen, I know things are tough right now and whatever you need is okay. Right. Everything happens for a reason. Right. Do you feel like you are, you're doing this right now and, and what can I do to help you, right? So we were just been really trying to um, switch phrases to really help people how to connect and really feel like they belong. Um, I know I shared this with a lot of the Genius team. Do anybody want to chime in on some of the phraseology changes that we went or just the definition of emotions? Was this something that hit home or was helpful? Or what emotion um, are you having a difficulty time uh, defining for yourself? And did this cheat sheet help you in any way? Hey, Amelia, hi, Amelia. Patricia. Hello, Patricia. Um, hi. So I was going to comment on two things. So the beginning, when you talked about people, and, and Randy talked about it as well, as people stepping in um, from the G100 to, to help during this week. And that's because we had the tools, right? So you assembled a group of people with very different keys and we all have a different genius. And through building that relationship, everyone was able to ebb and flow very easily and step into the areas where they knew they could provide the most help and allow somebody else to take the lead on something where they were most aligned. And so, so much of that was using the tools and all the exercises we've been doing for the last several months so that when somebody needed a break or needed to take a breath, the other people could step in very organically. It helped, it happened very organically this week to be able to step in and do that. And that's based on all the tools that you've given us. Um, and how we've built that strong sisterhood and relationship. So I wanted to comment on that, but then also when you're talking about this mature language, so what, what Amelia kind of did say is she had posted a couple things as she was processing this week in our chat about how to express emotion, tools and things that she was using within her family um, on communication and some of the things she was just talking about. And I found it very helpful because 
you know, when you're on the other side, when you have a neighbor, a friend, a close one who's going through something, it is, it is like uncomfortable to know how to react because you don't want to overstep. You don't want to come in. You want to give them space. But at the same time, you don't want to come off as unsupportive. And so when you posted that, I don't really know if you noticed, but one of the first things that I said to you was, um, what do you need? Do you need me to come out there and help you and, and take some stuff off your plate, like physically be there? And you said, no, what I really need is for you to help me keep moving the business forward. Right. And so a lot of the girls language started to change once you posted that because people understood better how to communicate. And so I think it's living through these situations and having the tools is what gives us the opportunity to practice this. How do we transition into more mature conversations? Because it's so natural for us to say, like, I'm so sorry, right? Or want to try to fix something that really can't be fixed. And so um, I love that, you know, you just gave those kind of little like cues for the rest of us, too, so that we could kind of follow right along with you but at the same time, try to provide some support and help you out. And I think that, I thank you. I appreciate all that. And yes, I was trying to flip tools all late long. And, and I think that that is really important for people to listen to and really land at the moment. You flatline stuck, hit a dead end when your ability to advance your relationship hits that ceiling. And it takes intention to grow your relationships in a community of belonging and acceptance. We're just not taught it. We're not taught that. We just, we scramble the best we can with the tools that we were given. And that's what we try to survive life with. But in order to have sustainable success that actually grows from one level to the next level, you must have these tools to communicate, you know, to have a community that was intentionally built. Um, in the beginning of the G100, I was trying to communicate to everybody that people were chosen based on their complementary genius. Um, it wasn't by default. And now with the forum groups that we're building, you know, different business verticals in, the forum groups are intentional. Um, just like when you build a C-suite in a company, it isn't randomly hiring. It, it's it, This is where people go wrong when they make that first hire, that second hire, the third hire, when they bring somebody into the C-suite, they're looking for somebody who has a highly effective skill set. But if you do not take a look at the influence of the genius on the unit, a lot of times you flatline the company because it is all behavioral driven, not just tactical driven. And that's what's really important. And so at the same time that I was going through my own internal crisis, what I was trying to do is stop people from saying to my kids, oh my God, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Where, you know, my daughter's a kind of a chip off the old block here. So my daughter's like, I don't know, my dad's dead. How do you think I'm feeling, right? Because it is, it, it, your language leads the conversation to the feeling. So when you ask her, how are you doing? Even though you've got great intentions, it's setting the conversation up for failure and disconnect. She will disconnect. I will disconnect if you ask a question, which is really good intentions, but is going to leave to a sucky feeling. And so I was trying to explain to people how to change what they say so that they can lead to a connective belonging emotion, which is really what you're looking for. But if somebody doesn't teach you how to switch your language, you are just scrambling right at whatever it is that you know and this happens in all kinds of relationships when you can feel tension and somebody goes is there anything wrong and somebody goes nothing right the 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 answer to your question leads you to loneliness and disconnect and you don't realize that it was your question that set up the failure in the communication and i thought well what a great opportunity for this hour to talk about how to translate what you say into a more effective language to get the result that you're actually looking for, right? That you're actually looking for, right? Um, and it's simple, simple little tweaks that land you to the place of actually belonging 
connection and that unified. And again, the 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 G100 community, you guys did such a brilliant job with each of you leading in your different areas. And yes, my biggest concern was not having people showing up on my door for that. It was to maintain uh, and to not miss a beat. And you guys did not miss a trick. Actually, the company is better this week than it was the week before, even though I wasn't here, right? Even though I wasn't here, the company is better um, for this week than worse. And that is a huge, huge, huge compliment to the team captains. And so it's huge, huge thank you on how you guys really scale through this. But I also think you learned something um, that this community, that this business and these verticals that we're building is not about Amelia. Amelia is just adding one key. It is about the strength of the community. We are stronger as a whole unit than any one of us can be apart. And I think that was really, really apparent this week that the tools that you guys have learned over the last four months. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Are really ingrained. Who else is done? Good morning, Amelia. This is Hello, Corey. Hello, Miss Corey. You sunshine. You, were, you and you and Patricia were like the big dogs this week. Thank you. <laughs> well, Patricia was amazing, and Tara, and really, to be honest, like everybody stepped in, and um, it 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 was great. And you're an amazing leader, but again, without you having to step back out of it, it it might have been more difficult for us to have had confidence to see where it is that, that we could pick up and that we could help and we could support. So it, it all aligned really nicely. But um, I, I, as a college professor, I appreciate this amazingly in the sense that I'm feeling like there needs to be a different type of English course in the college platform that graduates them from the English language to social language that helps people with this. And your example of the I'm sorry is such a, such a great example. And so it's um, when you went back to the workforce and, and what's happening there, I felt like it's really important that people connect how easily it is to transition these tools in different parts of your life. It, I mean, we on the G100 had started off with it on a personal level so that we could intimately understand and connect with each of the tools. But then as we're growing, being able to then apply them into the workforce or the other things that we're doing has just been so important. And the person on the other side that you're talking to or that you're in communication with or you're in line with, they don't even know that you're using these tools and that it helps them feel just so much more comfortable. And, you know, I practice on my bipolar teenage son every day that we're driving to basketball practice. So I get lots of practice in trying to get that answer instead of the nothing or fine or what have you. So I appreciate it. And I, and, and I, and I love that, right? And I love that. I think that if we can slow down for just a moment, if you are in an area where you want to grow and have a stronger impact, um, you know, grow your business, grow your people, grow your team, grow your wealth, it starts by the questions that you ask. The question that you ask is the rudder to the outcome you are going to get. And so if you are getting nothing, fine, okay, the responsibility is on your side. Even though we like to think it's on the other person's side, the formula for communication, right? Effective, healthy communication that the originator of the community, so me right now, I'm, a, I'm communicating. My responsibility goes all the way until the intent is delivered to the other side and the receiver says, here's what I heard. 
And I go, yes, that's what I intended. So if your intention is not being delivered and received to the other side, the responsibility is on you. And I think, Corey, what you're talking about with students and talking about the workforce, this is where employers and leaders are failing miserably because they are putting the responsibility on the employee or on the student. And it's not, it's on you because you determine the outcome on how you start and engage in the communication. And so again, I was really trying to rally around my 50 Well, that's interesting. There you go, communication, thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> you know, really trying to ra rally around my, my 15 year old in real time to help her understand that the intention of the people who are communicating to her really have great intentions, but they lack the ability in communicating by saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry. By saying, you know, um, you know, how are you, how are you doing? You know, how do you feel? You know, like literally she got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people asking, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? Where if you think about it for just a second, that the answer to that question is awful. Like there is no way to answer that question for it to be the way you intended. And it's, it, it's the, it's just an immature language ability. And so teaching her to be able to be empowered with her response language, to be able to stay healthy on her side, right? To be able to say things like I'm hurting right now and I don't have the ability to answer or give you the answers that you're looking for from me. Or I'm at a place right now where I'm suffering and so I can't solve your problem because I'm very overwhelmed with my own, right? To push back on others who are trying to make themselves feel good through a 15 year old or through whoever, right? To really be able to articulate with strength and confidence. Um, and I'm so proud for her because she actually wrote and uh, gave the entire eulogy for her father. And one of the things that I said to her was, this speech is the hardest speech you will ever give in your life. And now that you've done it at 15, every other communication for the rest of your life is easy. You've already done the most difficult thing in the world which is to be able to give the eulogy of your parent. And it gives her, she said to me, you know, there's a sense of anxiety that has lessened in her because she knows that the rest is easy from here. She's already done the most difficult. And um, what I'd like to be able to do is to chit chat to give people the opportunity to lean into more empowered conversations and questions and answers because this is how we build especially in the gig economy i can't tell you how many companies we are currently working for um, and with that as their team comes back from one of the most trying times employers are really ignorant in the fact that they haven't asked the questions to their workforce, how did COVID affect you? What is it that you are healing from during this most trying time? People are going back into the teams and going back into companies and they're going back as if they're not surviving through pain and loss because nobody's answering the question, how did it impact you? What changed about you? What can I know about you that you learned during this time. And because the conversations are not happening, the loneliness and pain is growing inside of our companies. And I just think that that's a good noodle thought for us to think upon. Amelia, I love what you're sharing right now. This is Tariko. so good to have Hello, you back. Hello, my brother, how are you? Doing very well. I just wanted to say that, you know, what you're talking about, um, I do this training with adults on probing. And that's exactly what it is. And I tell them that, when you're probing, you're either unrobing somebody or you're putting a robe on them. What do you mean when you say you're unrobing? Meaning you're allowing them to uh, feel seen or not seen. And so the goal is, right, how you're showing up and how you're making those connections to the moment. And a lot of times we don't recognize that silence has a language right silence has a language and people's moods have a language 
that is communicating. And most of the times we don't know how to listen in. And like you said, come up with the questions because most of us spend little time in silence to understand what's actually happening for a person. And so it's so important to go into those uh, moments or those sacred spaces uh, with sacred ideas, right? And sacred questions that you carry. Um, and when that moment happens, right? To be prepared, properly prepared is what you're talking about with the information. But because we haven't uh, understood probing, a lot of people miss out on a lot of money in their companies because they don't know how to probe the individuals that are that are handling their customers. And so there's a lot of money that people uh, lose because you didn't ask the right question or because you didn't know how to connect with the people who are connecting with your people. And that's, a, and, and again, when I talk about rites of passage, right, I, I want to be able to just, you know, hook onto this, that there is an evolution that we go through, which is very, very normal, right? Our, our younger year communication is help me fix it for me, right? So as, as kids, we go to the adults in our life, right? Because we have problems and they have solutions, right? Help me fix me, right? They're guiding you. And then as you move a little bit into the next stage of your rites of passage, you start trying to solve things on your own, right? And you're learning that, you know, there's a cause and effect. And then as you get a little bit older, right, you start bouncing or pinging back and forth, right, in, in your language, like you're talking about probing to try to say, okay, if I do this, then what happened? What's the consequence to this, that, or the other thing? But as you mature into adult language, what happens is you learn the skill set to communicate without throwing the responsibility onto the other side. And what I was pointing out for my daughter is that when people are hurting, the natural state to go back to is a childlike thing of I am hurting and fix it for me, make me feel better. And in an adult healthy communication, I don't throw that hurt over onto your side. I'm able to handle my own pain and express it, but not use language asking you to solve it. And that this scenario, this whole week, it was very easy for my kids to understand that people were like, oh my gosh, I'm in so much pain. I don't really, really need to do. And just like verbally throwing up right on the other person looking for some type of solace to feel better not being able to manage their emotions on their other side. And this happens so often when we're triggered by anger, by fear, by I'm not good enough, abandonment, right? It triggers an immaturity in our language, which just creates the vicious cycle that we get more of what, what we actually don't want, right? And so when you throw that over on somebody else's side, not only you're giving your power away, in most cases you get back like crumbs and not the whole cookie that you actually were looking for versus being able to self um, self love on your side. And again, they're just communication tools to be able to communicate, to say, listen, I'm in a lot of pain right now. So I am not at a place where I can give you the answers that you are looking for because I need a moment to myself. Or like when Patricia was saying, do you want me to come up here going, oh my God, that's so lovely. I love that offer. But what I really need from you is to run the business, right? Though That was an adult language to an adult language to an adult language back to adult language, leaving her to feel like she knew exactly what it was she could do to help. And for me to be able to know that she had all hands on deck, right? Without being able to I always give the example that when you're out ordering and you order steak and somebody gives you fish and that's what happens in so much of our communication. We ask for steak and somebody gives us fish. We ask for steak and somebody gives us fish and you have to learn to be able to receive what it is that you're looking for by staying on your side and keeping the responsibility of your emotions on your side, which is really difficult when you're in these type of situations. So Tariko, I love that. I love the whole concept of whether you're adding um, more baggage onto somebody or unwinding it to be relieving it. And I think that's a great visual for people to understand before they start talking. Are you causing this to go one way or the other? I think that's great. Hey, I mean, I just want to jump, jump in. in. Can, can I jump in? Oh my God. 
sorry. I don't know who I... that was with me. Hi, it was Rhonda. You can go and I'll go after. Awesome, Rhonda. Thank you so much. So I wanted to chime in because what I hear you talking about, Amelia, um, sharing in, in the whole sense of the conversation is the basis of emotional intelligence and action. And those are four bases. It's to perceive an emotion, it's to use an emotion, it's to understand emotion, and then to manage the emotions. And when you're able to do those four basic things with whatever the emotion is that you're feeling, then the result of that is one of um, solace, one of satisfaction, one of success, whatever that success looks like for you in that moment. So I really enjoy this conversation that you're having, even though it's a, it's, it sounds like it's about pain only. It's, it's, it's a myriad of ways that this can go, especially when you talked about leadership and being a CEO of a business and making sure that you're tapping in with your employees and that they are, um, that you are communicating in a way for them to be able to do that four step, have that emotional intelligence in place and for you to have your emotional intelligence in place so that the results that are yielded are the results of a growth in your business versus a detriment to your team. And um, kudos to the unit for stepping up um, and being amazing. And with that, I will go ahead and yield the mic. Thank you. And I think that's awesome. It, you know, and again, I think that's why I sent, you know, to my daughter and my kids right away, but also to the genius team was the emotion snapshot, right? To be able to say, what are you feeling? I think that there's such a lack of people understanding what is it that they're actually feeling, right? We have this black and white, I feel happy or I feel angry, right? Versus understanding that we have a whole range of emotion. And the more that you can identify how you actually feel, the more you can then communicate effectively to the people around you. It is very, um, it's very sad that people who suffer from lonely and not belonging and not connection are normally the ones who have the most difficult time understanding how they actually feel and exactly what you were saying, positive, right, or unpositive uh, emotions, right? That, you know, to be able to express, I'm feeling love is a generality, but being able to say, I feel accepted, I feel connected, I feel belong, I see, feel seen, I feel like you hear me, I feel like I'm important to you, I feel like I'm valued, I feel like I matter, I feel like I'm welcomed. I, those are the things that start to give people direction on how you are connecting with the individuals versus saying, I love you right? I love you is wonderful, but it's overused so much. It really doesn't land. It's almost like, you know, Snoopy noises. People don't even hear it versus going, thank you so much for allowing me to feel seen and important to you and connected and that my needs matter. Like that type of language really lands a point, but it isn't innate. We learn the language. And when we start using a more mature language with the people in our life that we care about, including our team members, including our, our, our C-suite, the more we understand and through that understanding is more connection and more belonging. Um, you know, one of the clients that we're working on right now, it is mind boggling to me that the C-suite is so misunderstood on how they feel as their role in the company and how they are emotionally connected to what they do for a living. And if, if you as the CEO or a team captain do not understand how your teammates feel, then you cannot grow the company, right? And so having that healthy banter to understand um, when you know certain teammates need to feel like they have clarity on next step, next step, next step, next step, I am overly communicative to say, if you're looking for the step by step by step by step, I am not your girl, right? Because in the weeds is not where my genius lives, but I surround myself with people where that is what their genius is. But if you want to know where the finish line is 
and where the value drivers are and the exit strategy and, and the big leapfrog milestones we're going to get there, I can do that for you all day long. But if you want to know what we're going to do the next hour, I'm useless. And those communication skills to understand what, what brother or sister to ask the question to, if you're asking that detail from me, you are going to be disappointed in the answer. It's not my area of genius. But if you talk to Corey or Patricia, you're going to get an abundance of detail of what's going on, right? Um, and so that's what really is when you build your circle, right? That power comes from putting the people in place that have those different keys and skill sets to be able to amplify. But everybody has to be able to have the tools of the language that is needed in order to be able to hit scale. So I, I love that. That was great. Who was next? I think it was Rhonda. Is that true? Hi, Amelia. Yes, this is this conversation is really resonating with me. And I love what Coach Kim added about emotional intelligence, because I'm seeing this all around the, the world today. So a part of my, the work that I do is executive coaching one-on-one. -on -one. That's one element. But the other work that I do is working with healthcare organizations around the globe to create more caring and compassionate cultures. The interesting thing about it is within these organizations of healthcare, where we are doing some of the most incredible work to care for people who are unable to care for themselves, we don't talk about feelings. We talk about the work the to-dos, the task, how the structure is. We talk about everything but feelings. And this is not unique to healthcare. I think at least here in the States, we do not embrace the fact that we should be bringing our whole selves to work. And that includes the way we think and how we feel. And so organizations are finding themselves now dealing with a traumatized workforce. And the way that you deal with trauma is by allowing people to really um, uncover or to cover, um, as the, the previous gentleman said, which is really important, but we're not, they're not equipped for that. So the tools, Amelia, that you are providing are so important. And not only is it important, I love that we're having this conversation in Clubhouse, but Amelia, I wish I could package you, put you in my pocket and take you around to these organizations with me to begin to help them understand, the C-suites understand how they must model and emulate the, the behavior in their organization that it's okay to have feelings. Nobody talks about feelings and therefore we don't have the tools and resources to properly address what's happening right now, which is a traumatized workforce. This is Rhonda and I'll pause there. And that's exactly what it is. It is a trauma workforce, right? The gig worker is traumatized and I cannot lead you or myself if I don't understand how you feel. And you don't have to justify for me how you feel. Right. So if you feel hurt, if you feel lonely, if you feel angry, that is how you feel. And the minute I ask you to prove it or to justify it, right, or to explain it, I have completely disconnected. Right. People need a witness. They need a witness to validate how they feel. That is what your truth is. That is your story and your perspective. And for you, it is real. And so the more I can honor it without ask, asking evidence, the healthier our leadership will be. And that has become a huge problem inside the workforce is you say that you don't have what you need. And I go, yes, you do. Or prove it to me or show it to me or give me a report. Now there's such a disconnect between you and I, neither one of us are listening. And so this is why I'm talking about having that adult mature language in place so that the dialogue can be supportive and be solution oriented with equal respect on both sides, not adversarial by me saying, prove your point, right? If you look at the very root of racism, the very root comes from, I'm asking you to prove your pain. And that means we are already enemies, right? Your pain is real and my job is to witness the pain and ask what can I do to serve you, not ask you to prove it. And this goes on and on and on. It's an immature language style that needs to be corrective and we all need to grow together. And so I love that. Thank you. Who else was chiming in? I mean, yeah, this, yeah, this is my, oh. go ahead. I will go real quick. This is Mariana. Uh, 
I was thinking about exactly what you were saying right now, Emilia, because it was so well demonstrated in our day 100. And that's because of your leadership. You know, you taught us to um, deal with our emotions and feelings, which is something I've done since I was 13 years old when I left my mom. Uh, so I do resonate with your daughter so well on this. But one thing that was really well demonstrated in our G100 was the sisterhood led by you. You know, it was no point of us asking ourselves how to behave. Well, Emilia is not here. And what do we need from each other? It was just so beautiful and so harmonified that it was so, um, I would say, I almost wanted to cry the way things were flowing. You know, and Patricia and Corey, uh, they were absolutely amazing. And all the sisters, it just felt like we were all together. Um, and it felt like we had this great leader that we don't need to be asking 100 questions in our, in our chat because right now is a time to surrender. And that's how it felt. I felt like all of us were surrender with you, Amelia. So thank you so much for your leadership. And, and all my sisters, I love you. It was just incredible. If you're not part of this community, you better get in. (laughs) I know. You guys did such a great job. And I think that that's, we're breaking away from the old uh, antiquated leadership style, which was very fear-based, right? Um, It was very um, primal. And what we find out about leadership is that the more I insist that you lead like I lead, you break the infrastructure of the company. Everybody has to lead within their area of genius and the different styles of leadership is what caused the company to grow. What causes the glue is the commonality of language and the commonality of responsibility and the commonality of the tools. You all are using the same tools so you can identify with the tools, but your leadership styles are different intentionally to grow the board, right? The, inter- the enterprise the, that we're actually building. And I think that that's something that, you know, I'm so grateful that we were able to practice them in the personal side. And now that we're building the verticals, you see them present and very strong on the infrastructure of the business side. And so I'm just, I'm so ridiculously proud of everybody because I know that if I was no longer here tomorrow, the company would still fulfill its mission to heal the unintended pain that lives in our world today. And so I'm so proud of every one of you. Nothing is more rewarding than knowing that your work is out there working to help others in a positive manner. So it's never about me. It's always about the work. So thank you all. Who else was chiming in? Hi, this is, the, this is Tonya. Oh, sorry. Did you want to go first? Yes, I'm sorry. I was just after the lady that just spoke, and I'll be very brief. Amelia, this is Yvette Searson. I just wanted to to mention a lot of people were putting things in the chat about, uh, about uh, our language as it relates to social uh, languages. And, you know, I, I've dealt with kids who have experienced childhood trauma, uh, and, and I've worked with a lot of people um, who have anger, and I've done court-appointed anger management courses. And one of the things that, one of the tools that I used was teaching adults and children how to identify the emotion that they're feeling. Because as you stated, most people just know I'm angry, I'm mad, I'm sad, you know, I'm happy. They just know the basics. And there's so many more words that describe our emotions. And so with children, I do a 12, there's a there's a chart that has 12 emotions. And with adults, you know, it depends on the age. Adults, there are 36 emotions. And, and, and of course, there are more than that. But those, if you could identify what you're feeling, like you described being, your daughter being overwhelmed. Um, but if you understand the language and you can use it to say, this is how I feel when you do this, this is how it makes me feel, then you could better control anger. You could, children who are experiencing trauma, you know, a lot of people say, well, they act 
they, they're acting out and no one can control them. Well, it's because they don't know how to identify what they're feeling. So, you know, I think it's a good idea. And I, I put it in the uh, chat that you can just Google these charts and help your children understand how to identify how they're actually feeling aside from the basics that we know. This is Yvette and I'll, I'll yield the mic. And Yvette, I think you touched on a lot of good points. You know, um, at Glenn Lundy's event, um, uh, Grow for God, you know, I shared some of the tools that I've used um, with my kids, one of them being the Pinky Promise. I don't know if there, anybody here listened to the Pinky Promise on, on the replay, just flash your mic if you do. Um, and it, it, it was a life changing. I, as a single mom, you know, running businesses and flying all over the world all the time, um, I had to empower my kids quickly to know that they were my priority. And so I created a game, which is basically just called the pinky promise that I said to my kids that no matter what I was doing, it doesn't matter if I was getting ready to, you know, step on Steve Harvey or do Oprah or stand on stage or I'm on a Zoom call, doesn't matter what I'm doing. If they come up and grab my pinky, I immediately stop what I'm doing. Even if that means don't get on a plane, remove myself from stage, and they have my undivided attention because they're my priority. And that pinky promise allowed them to always feel like they held that position in my world, that they could override and stop life on a dime to get their mother's full attention. And it's been used so rarely um, in their lives, but it's been imperative. You know, I told the story at Grow for God my son was 17 when he got his driver's license and he got in a car accident. He called me at three o'clock in the morning. And again, anybody who's a parent knows that when your phone rings, you're like, your heart sinks. And he says, can I use my pinky promise? Can you please come pick me up and don't ask any questions? Well, my son was in his twenties before I ever learned what happened that night. But because I had the tool in place, he felt empowered that he could lean on my help and my support and my skills and my experience without being hounded with crazy consequences. You know, same thing with my daughter, you know, during the funeral and the burial, you know, she came to me, she grabbed my pinky and she's like, I just need a timeout. And I'm like, no problem. Let's go for a walk. It empowers the individuals in your life. If you create the tools and the games before life happens. You can't do it during crisis, but you can create crisis tools ahead of time. Same thing in, in your personal relationships. If you have the tool in place to say, listen, our marriage, our partnership, our whatever is derailing and let's put in the crisis plan, which is we're gonna go offline, we're gonna get really quiet and here's what we're gonna work through. If you have the plan in place, then you can move through crisis. But if you try to put the plan in place while you're in crisis, you will fail every time. And that's the whole point of these behavioral hours that we do here each week is to be able to give you the tools that create sustainable, consistent success with love, with relationships, with money, with communication, with happiness, joy, all of that comes down to behavioral tools and behavioral modifications. So I really, really appreciate you guys chiming in because you're in the marketplace and you see how, how important it really is for us all to go as an entire community um, to where we're going next into the gig workforce. Who else was chiming in? Um, hi, Amelia. This is uh, Tony. Um, this is a really powerful um, conversation and you're just giving so many gems. Um, I always come from this uh, from a uh, perspective of self-care. I'm a self-care and um, health coach and it just drives home for me um, what happens when you're disconnected from yourself you you don't have you don't have the ability or you lack the ability to language your own feelings to identify your own feelings and you know by extension when things happen you have no way of um addressing those in a you know those issues and those moments in life that cause stress and things of that nature you have no ability to you know deal with that in a way that's healthy and where you have some level of resilience to navigate that kind of space. So I, you know, it's really, really, I wish we had more conversations like this in the workplace. I uh, work in healthcare as well. 
And I witnessed a lot of um, burnout, um, frustration, and powerlessness from colleagues simply because they don't feel heard. Um, they don't feel like any communication is even taking place. And it's this, what you're speaking of right now, I think is at the root of a, a lot of these problems. I think also too, that's why you're having a lot of people in healthcare just leave because it's the same story over and over again. And they too don't have the appropriate toolkit to navigate this as well. So, you know, this is just a really powerful um, conversation we're having here. And I really appreciate you know, all that you're um, sharing with us here. I just wanted to chime in and say that, and everyone has provided such, you know, um, profound insight to this conversation. So I just wanted to chime in and say that. Thank you. I couldn't get, I, I couldn't get my mic to un, un mic. So thank you. That was that was beautiful. And yes, I agree. I think that as a community, we start to take responsibility by having these conversations because it releases so much. It's not just about, you know, learning how to connect and belong. It's about releasing all of the chaos energy that's between us. You know, these conversations it just changes your relationship to such depth and meaning. And it's unfortunate that we don't teach it. We don't teach it to kids. And yet we wonder why kids are disconnected. We don't teach it in our relationships or personal relationships in our business. And we wonder why people are dis disconnected. It's because we don't know how to belong to each other. Um, and it starts with our beliefs and our language. And that's why I think <laughs> behavioral tools are so important. Um, and I can't stress enough to do the work before the crisis, do the work before the crisis, do the work before the crisis. And all of the games that we're uh, creating as a community is what puts those in place and they work so quickly. I think that's what, you know, so many of the brothers and sisters in the, in the G100 are saying is that the games are so easy, but the impact is, it just changes the trajectory of who you become. It absolutely does. And I've watched it, you know, with my kids, you know, I watched it during this crisis. I see it, you know, day in and day out with the, the companies that we build. And we just need to have these conversations and lean in. And I think that through a open dialogue and learning through our curiosity, we then can really grow as a society. So who else was chiming in? Hey, Amelia, this is Limitless Siga. Um, this conversation, as everybody has said, is just so invaluable. I was just thinking about even the Pinky Promise tool that you incorporated for your kids. Just thinking about how amazing, just implementing that one tool, how it would be a game changer for the emotional, mental, uh, and spiritual well-being of uh, children who grow up to be adults. But I, I just wanted to add that. But I also wanted to say, have you seen um, Brené Brown's um, on, on uh, HBO Max? Brené Brown has this show called Atlas of the Heart. Have you seen that? I have, and I'm very fortunate to say I know her, and I am such a fan of her work. Um, and what she's done in not only the, the you know, the uh, business space, but what she's done in just the consumer space. I'm, I'm a real fan of hers. Um, I met her through Oprah and a, and a few other people who have been in my TV world. Um, it's just, it is life changing, right? And I think that the fact that she really leaned in to bring vulnerability into um, a, a, a more conversation um, is awesome. And so, yes, I've seen that special. I have every one of her books. Um, I'm just a huge, huge, huge fan. Well, I'm a huge fan of you and Brené Brown. So to know that you've met her, that's amazing. But yeah, just watching what you're talking about and Atlas of the Heart, being able to show what these emotions mean. Um, another person that really aligns with what you were saying, Gay and Kathy Hendricks, about guiding us on how to be proficient in being okay with actually feeling the emotion without guilt or trying to avoid it. You know, that it is an important part of being able to dissipate it. So have you sort of like, you know, what are you feeling 
but then going transitioning to where in your body do you feel it like because you actually feel it in certain parts of the body and what is the sensation in that part of your body how exactly does it feel and and going through this process to allow you to really stop and absorb because most of the time what we do is we avoid it because we either feel guilty or feel that we shouldn't be feeling that way or we think the way to heal and move past it is to avoid it but thank you for bringing this to the forefront for me talking about um dealing with trauma and how to communicate and how to have these crisis tools uh, i mean it's just so important because i can relate to going through trauma with a whole family and supposed to be the central pillar for everybody where you're avoiding your own or are not even in touch with your own because you're trying to be there for everybody and these tools are, are phenomenal so thank you thank you I, Amelia. I really appreciate it and i really want to again i want to thank everybody who reached out um it's such a it's such it really warmed my soul if you'd like the notes from today or the charts or the graph if you go up to the link at amelia.com if you just share with us your email, we will send you back the notes from today. Um, and that's what we we're trying to do. We're trying to provide the notes for each one of the genius hours so that you guys have the tools and the games that we discussed. So please go to Amelia.com, enter email, and I am. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.